Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, hello there. Welcome back to the Flow Grappling Studio. It is myself, Howell Teague, Reed Connell, and Will Safford for another episode of A Fistful of Collars. Gentlemen, it's been a little while. Will, where you been? I've been out. I had uh, knee surgery last oh, week. Good. Yeah. Dang. Just dealing with the torn meniscus. I tore it in July of 2017. And was it a jujitsu injury? Of course. Of course it <laughs> was. Course. Yeah. Yep. Not tapping to a heel hook. <laughs> no, no, no. It's just a sweep. But, uh, yeah, finally decided to go under the knife and uh, excited to get back on the mats. Well, you're looking, uh, you're looking good after the surgery. You're up and about. That's the main thing, right? I'm down to one crutch. Oh, one crutch. Progress. So, yeah. Progress. Is this the most serious jujitsu injury you ever had? It is. And I've been training for eight years. And this is, and it was just a little meniscus. They just went in, clipped out the meniscus. That was, was pretty good nothing, then. Four week recovery. So, yeah, I mean, knock on wood. This is this is what you want if you're gonna have a jujitsu injury. So you How don't you? have a meniscus anymore, or I don't have a piece of my meniscus. Okay, gotcha. uh, I have most of it. They just cut out a little bit. Gotcha. Yeah, you can sixty percent meniscus. Whatever. Yeah, Big deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's enough. Yeah, you can fight with one leg. Yeah. <laughs> How about you, Reed? You ever had any serious jujitsu injuries? I've unfortunately, fortunately, never had any uh, real bad jujitsu injuries. I've had you know staff, and I've had ringworm, and I've had those skin infections and stuff like that. But that's no, like a rite of passage, though. That's not really an injury, <laughs> yeah, is it? Yeah. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> the staff was that was probably just like the most unfun thing I've experienced at jujitsu. Makes but, you feel um, scuzzy. And, yeah. Well, actually, it was very painful too. It Ooh, like, really, my knee, my knee sw- swelled up like three times the size, and I had to go get it drained, and that was like no fun. So that was the only thing that's ever happened to me. Um, but like the only like like reoccurring injury that I have in jujitsu is my toe. It's just like uh, my toe. You like, get the tooth toe. I don't. I, I don't know exactly what it is, but but like that's the only thing. That's that, such like a wuss injury. Too, <laughs> you know? I know it is. But I know how it is. It really hurts. Yeah, yeah. It's it just sucks. Like, it sucks. It's like such just one thing makes such a huge difference. <laughs> yeah, right? and that's the only thing that that nags at me sometimes is like my toe. It just like murders me sometimes. But uh, luckily, I've been I've been pretty, uh, you know, pretty fine. Most how about of you, Al? <laughs> well, I've never had surgery. From a jujitsu injury, I can uh, I can say that at least. But um, yeah, I've broken various toes. I've broken my hand. I dislocated my thumb. Uh, herniated discs in my neck. Jeez. Uh, yeah, but I've never. I've like I've probably torn stuff, but I've never like 
you know, really destroyed a knee or an elbow or something. Actually, I can't straighten my, my right arm anymore. That happened about two years ago, and I still can't straighten it. And I was drilling arm bars. Hmm. Didn't pop or anything. Hmm. I got an MRI, and they're like, yeah, there's something wrong with it. And we just don't know, and so we can't fix it. So you <laughs> just have just yeah. go with it. Just <laughs> Seriously, though, tell me a black belt whose arms both go straight. Like, yeah. it just doesn't happen. Battle wounds, so. man. If you're on the mats, I mean, we're out there trying to hurt each other, right? Like, that's that's the goal, to, to an attack a joint or the neck, and you're going to get hurt. Although, you know, I can, we can talk about gingivitis injuries, but at the same time, I can honestly say I've never even had a cauliflower ear. So there's that, right? Yeah, some guys get it and some guys don't. It's, yeah. it's weird. Yeah, I have like a little bit, but I've been grappling for a, a long time too, and, and I've just never really gotten it. You look pretty good. You know, no, I don't have any either. Up either. I, think, I think it's due to like the passing. I think if you're like a pressure passer and you're always got your head down on the guy, and you know, I'm more of an outside like leg drag type passer, passer Toriando type Man, guy. Like I, I think I may have mentioned this before, but I spent a little period there uh, experimenting with uh, Murillo Santana's style of pressure passing, which is really head down, hips up, driving forward, tripoding, and um, I mean it's an amazing style. But like, I was getting cauliflower head. Like, like all my forehead from like here to here was just raw all the time because I was just constantly like driving it into people's gi. It's Do you know one of, one of my worst fears? Cauliflower nose. <laughs> Almost every time I roll, I, I, have a, I have like a scrape on my nose and I'm afraid that one day it's just going to be a... Actually, on the inside of my nose right here, I have like a cauliflower nose. It's like weird. It's like it's like a big bubble. It's like a hard bubble on the inside of like my nose that just popped up. I don't right. think you can do anything for that. You know, yeah. you you do get a red nose when you train, though. I do. <laughs> you do. Your nose glows red. Yeah. I don't want it every time we train, right? <laughs> that head down, I grind, man. Yeah. But like uh, Shanji said as well about the whole cauliflower ear thing, right? I may have mentioned this once or twice before, but like Shanji says, you don't get cauliflower ear when you're on top and in mount. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> yeah. a good point. So, he doesn't I, have it. He doesn't my, have it. My, my elbows are, um, I don't know, I guess they're like a little gumby. They're, they're a little um, weird. Like I have, had, I have had my arm popped a couple times, but it, it never does anything or anything like that. So I don't know if my, my elbow joints are, are weird, but they always seem to recover like, Pretty, pretty quick. It's tough, right? It's uh, We were going to talk about this a little bit later, but hey, why not talk about it right now? But, you know, the whole injuries thing is like for us as, as hobbyists, as practitioners, it sucks to be injured, right? It sucks it's to worst, be out yeah. and off the mat. But uh, can you imagine what it would be like if you were actually a pro athlete? Like what those guys have to do? Because a lot of them just keep training, you know? It's like something's wrong, just suck it up, buttercup, and just keep going, right? They just tape it up to hell and they just do whatever they can they drill around it or whatever it might be but um imagine if your livelihood is based on traveling competing and you know being active and stuff and something serious does come along and takes you out for let's say a couple of months that's got a sting right i wonder how you deal with that <laughs> yeah i'm sure it's terrible yeah luckily I, i've never been off the, the mats for like an extended period of time but i can imagine it'd be a yeah, a pretty depressing thing that, you know, like the one thing that you love to do, right? The one thing that you um, get paid to do, one thing that's your, your job and you can't do it like at all. You know, if you, you know, like what happened to you, your right. knees or something like that, you know, that's one that usually puts people out for a long time. And um, yeah, I don't know how these guys deal with it, right? Because I, I'm pretty sure a lot of them don't have health insurance. That's and, the other thing. That is <laughs> you know? the other thing. Yeah. And so like they kind of, the only real recourse that they have is to just suck it up and, and hope that it in time heals. So that's I've always I've always said, you know, the, the, the true champion is the one who can rise from defeat. 
when when they're down they can come back and you know i've trained with a lot of guys and i've known guys who have had to take a year off you know right when they're about to maybe get their black belt or something like that they're fresh fresh black belts and you know they were excited to get on the scene and then they got like a debilitating injury mm. it's those it's those times when you have to be super mentally tough and and resilient yeah. and and resolve to come back and do whatever you can you know there's a bunch of different things that you can do off the mat you know mental training or even just uh you know if your upper body working out your legs if your lower body working out body whatever it is like a mike carbolito kind of comes to mind to me a guy who was like killing it at brown belt and then what i'm not sure what happened he had a knee injury too injury i think it was his meniscus and acl as well Mm. speaking of knee injuries possibly one of the worst that i've heard of in jiu-jitsu at least um pretty much close to a career and actually it was Alexander Trans. Now, right. you'll remember that when we went to King of Mats at uh, Abu Dhabi uh, earlier this year and he won the heavyweight and he basically, you know, he broke down in tears immediately after winning and stuff and, and he was very emotional and then you know, I went to speak to him backstage just after and he basically said, dude, he said, you have no idea, like the last two years I've been fighting with one leg it's like I had a surgery, it didn't fix it. I had to go back. I had another surgery, they were they made it worse. I had to get another one. Ugh. And now now after he won that, he immediately had to take time off to get it fixed because he was basically his knees hanging on by like a thread, yeah. you know, his lower leg is basically just dangling <clears throat> out. And um you know, he went and he he beat some of the best in the world at that tournament, right? He won the King of Mats, right. which was the a huge deal and uh but of course, then his position that winnings then goes straight into paying for the period that he's no longer able to travel, train, teach seminars, make money. You know, it's tough, right? Jiu-jitsu is super tough because we're not. It's the pay is definitely getting better in jiu-jitsu, but we're not at the level of let's say like pro football, where you have mm-hmm. a team of doctors, massage therapists, chiropractors, this whole team that's trying to get you better, and you know you have to do that on your own. Um, you know, who knows? Maybe one day, but. I was I was actually talking to uh, Keenan and Mike Carbolito last time I was at Aratos, and you know Carbolito still is having issues with his knee. And Keenan said to him, "Why don't you you know Why aren't you doing everything you can possibly do to get your knee better? Go to whoever you need to go to, you know. And if you're if you're relying on a paycheck coming from jujitsu, that's what you have to do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's there's no argument there, is there? And um, another another sort of flip side to that as well is if you're if you are injured then you should probably stop doing what you've been doing right for a while so that it, you know you can work around it at that? the very least let's just stop doing what you're doing but i am thinking about just one example that springs to mind from way back in the day was gordo now i don't know if you guys know this but gordo created the half guard right like the created right but you know he was he was the innovator the guy who uh established the half guard as an attacking position in jiu-jitsu in the mid 80s why because he injured his knee and he couldn't play guard he couldn't play open guard couldn't play the traditional close guard high guard and stuff and he was like well i want to keep training so i'm just gonna roll one leg and that's exactly what he did he started hooking guys with the with the bottom leg instead and developed a whole series of attacks and it became a fundamental position of jiu-jitsu right innovation through injury there you go and i'm sure it's not the first time that that's happened but you know it was a way of working around a barrier an obstacle uh staying on the mats and actually having an amazing result you know that's uh, no i think i think jiu- or uh, injuries can be beneficial in a lot of ways you mm-hmm. know if you're going a million miles an hour a lot of times injuries are the way to 
check you. You know, you got to slow down. You got to, I mean, that's kind of the mentality. It's a old school mentality. Just go and go and go. But you know, if you do that, obviously you might get injured. Um, same, same thing for me. Like I used to like to knee slice, you know, knee cut, but I haven't been able to do that with the knee. So I'm going to have to. But that's cool because then you get to develop some other areas of your passing game. Precisely. Right? Yeah. yeah. I, I hear you there. I mean, like actually same kind of thing did happen to me a few years ago. When I mentioned I had a jacked neck and that's never going to go away. It's just one of those things that when you, when you mess your neck up, you got a messed up neck forever. Yeah. It's like, it's not really, it doesn't really heal. Um, and I had to, I was a purple belt at the time, and I had to throw out a huge, huge chunk of my game from top and bottom just because of my neck was so bad. Like, high close guard getting stacked, out. Passing, using my head to, like, spike the guy, yeah. out. And I was like, holy shit, I feel like I'm going back to white belt again. You just took my game, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. And I had to completely redevelop my game, and it took a while, and it was miserable, right? But... <clears throat> I did, and now I managed to add a bunch of tools to my. You're better you know, for it. Work much around better. It. Yeah. yeah, much better. Have you, have you seen that that clip of uh, Tito Ortiz recently, where he's like going through all his surgeries <laughs> and stuff, and he's like talking about he's like he, the same thing. He's like, my meniscus is gone, my my ACL is gone, my T7, my Jeez. T5, my T4 been fused, and he's like, this oh shoulder's gosh. gone, this shoulder, you know, and he's like going through all his injuries. It's like, dang, dude. <laughs> That is the price right? to pay. Some, it is rough. somewhere in there. Do you remember um, another big injury? I remember that come, comes to mind is uh, Yago D'Souza. But didn't he like break his collarbone? That's at, correct. At Pans twenty sixteen. Uh, twenty seventeen. Twenty seventeen. I think it was twenty seventeen. Yeah, you're putting me on the spot there. But you're correct. One of those. Yeah. Um, yeah. <coughs> yeah. That, 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 was, that was a man. brutal in- injury. That... Took him out for like a, close to a year, I think. Actually. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that was a brutal one. That happened in competition, right? And so that was. And... Which is interesting because. Even even jujitsu being as violent as it is, you know, and it's it, it is violent. It's the gentle art, but it is also a fight. So that's just, yeah. we tell people it's called the gentle art to get them in the door. Yeah, <laughs> and then you find out. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we don't see that many serious injuries in competition, right? Sure. Most of the big injuries happen in the training room. Yeah. Right, it's just that moment when you slip on a, a pool of water. Leandro, right? Yeah, that Leandro comes to mind as well. Also, there were a handful of them that you can think of, like Yago breaking his collarbone, like Leandro dislocating his shoulder. Yeah. But that's like, come on, throw some more at me. You you have to start racking your brain. You Tom, know? Tommy Langacker's arm fully extended with Dante Leon. Oh, he was fine. He was fine. <laughs> 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 broke his arm. <laughs> Dude, he was arm wrestling somebody the next day. That's Viking power right there. But you got to think, yeah. like, how many fights have they been in and they haven't, or how many competitions have they been in and they didn't get hurt? It yeah. completely outweighs the amount of injuries that do occur on them. And a lot of injuries are wear and tear as well, right? The accumulation over time, yeah, you know. 100%. Yeah. I remember we have seen a few things like this. The, the argument isn't there about the, excuse me, the dangerous takedowns like the flying leg scissors. Yeah. About whether it's really that dangerous or not uh, compared to jumping close guard. We saw that Elizabeth Clay, remember? She landed mm-hmm. on a girl's leg we, we uh, her hands yes. last year or earlier this year and, and basically hyperextended the knee. That's yeah, pretty catastrophic one. as well. You yeah, know? yeah, that, that's a really extreme example. That's a, that's a, that was a bad one for but sure. But it's rare. I mean, I'm still struggling to think of serious injuries that I've seen in the last three, three and a half years, you know, in competition. Uh, I, I, have to, I have to really rack my brain to think Yeah, I guess them, so. a lot of guys probably don't like to publicize it too too much either that they that they got hurt from this or hurt from that right mm-hmm. um so sometimes you know we do see guys 
all the time pulling out for injury and stuff and or we just saw Edwin that's another one that comes to mind yeah Edwin. well we should basically we should mention that because uh, one of the reasons that we wanted to talk about the injuries in jiu-jitsu this week is because Edwin Najmi and Dante Leon unfortunately had to pull out of the upcoming event Kasai Pro 4 Edwin of course was scheduled to have a super fight with Hanato Canuto and Dante Leon was uh, going to go up against the um, the welterweight third place finisher from the last Kasai Pro Mateus Lutz now those were two really really good super fights right yeah. there and it was disappointing that those guys <clears throat> had to pull out but we actually got some pretty good alternatives or replacements shall we say right absolutely pj barch you know slotted in there for, for butter Dante, panther you know, the butter panther <laughs> you know and i think uh he's a guy who, who really jumped on our radar at the last kasai and um and he's looked great so i think him versus mateus they didn't fight at the um, no they were in different groups they were in different yeah. groups at, at yeah. the last kasai so they didn't get to match up but i think that's a that's a great matchup both both guys are our pit bulls out there. Both guys go, go to fight, so that's that's a great matchup. I no, that's going to be super exciting. Thing. I think we're going to see a lot of wrestling on that, but yeah. um, because I think Mateus Luz prefers to be on top, but yeah. he actually has a pretty good guard. He does. He, you know, he he's really good at, at coming up on like a single leg. Um, PJ's got some legit wrestling, though, man. He, we, I mean, we saw him in that last match against uh, Henato, right? Yes. And uh, there were some crazy, crazy moments in that match. Yeah, no, I'm high on PJ Barch, man. Just just because he of that. He's subversive, too. Oh, yeah. That other, that other one. You think of a 10th Planet guy, most of the time you think of a guard player, right? Absolutely, a yeah. Rubber guard, and yeah. he's kind of mixing the whole thing together. So He's yeah. got wrestling, he's got submissions, he's got a bit of everything. It's great. And then, of 10th course. 10th Planet wrestler. I'm still try, <laughs> trying to figure it out. But. Yeah, right. <laughs> Does not compute. <laughs> and then, of course, the uh, replacement for Edward Najmi. Uh, Wagner Hocha makes his return to Kasai Pro, and he's going to be basically rematching Hanato. Rematch, that right. was a rematch. That was the final of the welterweight tournament. And some people thought that decision was a little controversial. Wow, that was a six-minute match. Now, this time, I believe the super fights, they're, uh, they're actually lo- they're longer, right? Yeah, yeah ten, minutes. 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah. and sometimes, I'm not sure, I'll have to double-check. Sometimes on the rules we do a five-minute overtime Overtime period. and stuff, yeah. so hopefully we'll get a definitive answer one way or the other. Yeah, I, I love this match. You know, definitely, um, if you go back and watch that match, it looked like, you know, maybe Wagner thought he was up and Canuto thought, thought he was up, so it kind of led to a stalemate late in the match um you know kind of a little lackluster but uh this is you know Wagner obviously thought he kind of won and and even Hanata wasn't super excited about the uh, the result so I love this that you know Edwin's out and they and they turn right back to to Wagner to kind of um you know make things right and I think it's the perfect matchup Wagner's coming off a hot win Wagner's been super hot lately guys is very active he just had a, a great victory over uh Tanquinho, right? Tanquinho mm-hmm. Mendes. Mm-hmm. To he become d- fight to win champ champ. Champ. Double champ. Double champ. Double, double two-division two champ. Yeah. He didn't get the submission, but he had his back. He had him in a really oh, bad spot. Yeah. We saw the he's muffler. Doing, he's doing the right. muffler on him, man. <laughs> we saw that that horrific position that he likes to uh, he likes to use. I mean, he looks... It's coming back now. He's, it is he's bringing back. it back. Yeah. He's, like, I feel like... Uh, Barrett was also doing it a That's little bit right. last, last yeah. year. Christian Wood, yeah, yeah. it's trending so, right now. Yeah, yeah. Well, people, are, I feel like it was a big thing, maybe like um, kind of last generation, and then people started kind of getting away from it, calling it dirty. But now it's coming back, so everybody's like, okay, okay it's cool to do this again. It's all right again. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm uh, curious about is what who we're gonna see in, in Hanato Canuto because when his first match. In Kasai Three, he came out. He was doing backflips. Right, he was fresh. He was like just putting on a show mm-hmm. but when he got to the finals match he was more reserved he was more conservative with how he was playing against you know well, which is smart deep, pretty deep into a, a stacked <clears throat> division like you know five matches later or something you know so uh, yeah you have to think a, a 100% fresh 
motivated, you know, what what will Hernando bring to the table in this match? And I think he needs to prove, you know, oh man, I can I can beat this guy, you know. Mm-hmm. Everyone kind of questioned my win last time. I think he's going to go out there and and try to uh But at the same time Wagner is obviously going to want to prove to everybody That's he's going to he's going to be looking for a definitive finish as well because, you know, Wagner's the kind of guy that he wants to finish by by submission, right? He's just that kind oh, of yeah. dominate. Yeah, yeah. He really wants to dominate. But, uh, you know, leaving it in the judges' hands, obviously he's no, never going to be happy. He wins or loses that way. And um, we've seen so many of his nasty tricks, right? Like the, 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 <laughs> the wrist lock. lock that he hit against Marcin Held and the, the muffler and stuff. It's just so much that he's doing. Like, is he going to bring something new? Is he going to de- debut some new he's... horrific thing? Because I... <laughs> I don't know. That, I mean, and he's got, he heel hooked um, Masahiro Iwasaki. So he's got the heel hooks too. And I know that Hanato Canuto, I mean, he did have that match with um, Gary. Eddie, Gary and Eddie Cummings, you know, two notorious heel hookers, and he was able to avoid him there. But oh, yeah. Wagner's dangerous, man. He's all. He's got everything. Man, I don't remember the last time. Actually, no. I think the last time we saw Wagner submitted was like a, an EBI a few years back. I think um, I think Gary caught him, but uh, you know he doesn't. He doesn't get caught very often. Mm-mm. That guy. He's uh, how old is he? Wagner is about thirty five, thirty six, I think. Okay. Yeah, he's a veteran. Definitely. Mm, Canuto's what, like 23? <clears throat> if right that. Yeah, yeah. Like 22, 23. Yeah. Insane, right? Yeah, Wagner's 36, and I'm just scrolling through... Yeah, he had that uh, awesome combat jiu-jitsu match too, right? That was in the cage. Oh, he was slapping that, the guy's yeah. stomach. Oh, that was a brutal one. <laughs> they were really, really looking for people to, to match up against Wagner yeah. for combat jiu-jitsu. I wouldn't want to fight him. <laughs> no way. <laughs> He's only lost like once by submission going way back to... Uh, in the last six years, he's lost once by submission. That's a, that's a good record. Yeah. <laughs> and he's super He's He competes a he's lot. He's very active. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because yeah. I Pro 4 coming up November 10th. We're all going to be there. We're all going to that one. You guys uh, had the pleasure of attending the last couple of events. It's my first time. I'm super stoked. We had Rich Byrne in the uh, studio here just uh, two weeks ago. Yep. See, CEO. Hollis crazy. <clears throat> last, last and then week. Last week, Hollis. Yeah. Yep. I mean, uh, just talking to those guys as well and, and, you know, kind of seeing the passion that they have for jujitsu and for putting on grappling events um, inspired me to go and book the plane ticket to go Man, to New it's York. It's a phenomenal event. Now it's in, this big, it's in this big theater in New York City. I mean, it really is like a show. Yeah. You know, they just – and the cool thing is that this, the uh, mat is not on the stage. It's right in the middle of the theater on the ground where, like, the crowd would normally be in, like, a regular show. So it's right in the center. You've got seats all around it. The production is phenomenal. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be yeah, awesome. It's a great I'm excited. W- it's a perfect way you, you put it. Those guys are so passionate about jiu-jitsu, uh, Hollis and, and Rich and, and all those guys over there want, want to make the show bigger and better every time. And um, even the athletes, I think, are, are you know super excited about the platform that they have, and so it, it just makes for a great show. Good Got Ryan. a great eight-man 145-pound tournament. John Callistine, Gio Martinez, Gianni Grippo, Ashley Williams, Bruno Frazzato, like Tanquino, Ethan Crellinston, and Ma- Paolo Miao. That is that is literally that's like an ADCC division right yeah, there. Yeah, that's a straight ADCC division. And then you mentioned it, Will, about the super fights. You got Gordon Ryan versus Mateus Denise. And, uh, of course, we mentioned it already, Wagner versus Hanato and uh, PJ Barge versus Mateus Lutz. Very exciting. Looking forward to that. So uh, that's looking ahead. we got a couple of other events coming up uh, on the schedule. But let's just look back for a moment. Let's wind it back a little bit. <coughs> Very notable. Last weekend, huge, huge news in the jiu-jitsu community. 
the return of the one and only Adolfo Vieira. Did you guys watch it? Oh, of course. Yeah, that right. guy is so awesome, man. Yeah. It's just it's been it's just so crazy to see. He's been out since really 2014. It was the last time he fought in the Gi, I believe. Yeah, and the last grappling match he had was when he won ADCC in uh, 2015. So he's been focused on MMA since then. Four years off the well, you know, off the scene, and comes back. He he submitted Kid Dale in less than five minutes. Um, goes to the final against Ali and just has uh, that was a great match. Like, that was make, make clear 2018 world champion Muhammad Ali. That's right. right. Guys so, out there. Yeah. World so, Series of Grappling champion Muhammad Ali. He's Adolfo been, puts the gi on after four years away and comes back and beats the diff- the current world champion. That's incredible. One thing I love Absolutely. about Hadalfo uh, is that he's so well rounded. You know, we know him for his pressure passing, his top game, right? But he was standing with Ali. Ali is really good on his feet. He's a huge guy. He's athletic as heck. And uh, he was willing to stand with him. He actually, I think he took him down at one point. Um, he was in on a couple of singles. Ali was able to kind of like Uchimato him to the ground. And then he was like, you know what? I'm just going to play guard from here. Dude, his ex-guard looks so good. So though, good, right? Man. Adolfo's bottom game, I mean, you never really got to see it that much, I guess, because he just loves to crush and destroy people, right? But against a guy who is bigger than him in, in Muhammad, man, that was just such great ex-guard. Like, oh, it was, it was beautiful, man. He had him off balance. He was up on that single. It came up. I think he swept him once. That's how he actually was able to, um, in the first five-minute match, kind of get to his back. And he almost choked him, actually, in that first five. And he had his arm locked out in an armbar as well. Spins over. Phenomenal. Yeah. Arm. Like, he has not, like, lost a beat. And he's yeah. been training in MMA for the last couple of years. It was just... One back, man. Yeah, for one real. Of, one yeah, back it's a big story. I can just only hope, hope, hope that he um, makes a makes a habit of habit out of it and, and competes more in the geeks. We'd love to love to see see him out there. For Absolutely. Sure. Uh, that was on the black belt CBD uh, challenge, which uh, took place in Las Vegas. Um, also on the card, where there was a, a four man uh, women's bracket, sort of four man, four women's bracket as well. And uh, Anna Carolina Vieira, Adolfo's sister, won that one. That's pretty cool. Right? It was a big night for the Vieira. Yeah, that's, that's great. She beat Luisa Montero in the final in a very close match. But uh, that's that's really cool. Brother and sister both winning divisions in the same day. That's the first time that they've actually competed together in the same event as black belts as well. Oh, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, and uh, yeah, Anna Carolina becoming one of the most dominant female jiu-jitsu for players sure. out there. Um, what is, what is she? Very short time, short amount of time now that she's been a black belt. We do have her on our uh, pound for pound jujitsu rankings, right? Yep, true. She she shot up the rankings definitely. I think she's number number two. Number now. two in the world in the flow grappling jujitsu pound for pound women's rankings, right there, uh, just after Tiani Porfirio, the uh, current world weight and absolute champion. And of course, Tiani came uh, close to doing the double grand slam this year as well, right? Because she did Europeans, she did. Brazilian national? No, we did. She didn't do a Brazilian national. She missed one out, right? No, she did. Do, she did do a Brazilian national. Yeah, pants? that's right. She missed pants. Yeah. yeah, that's correct. Yeah, but she won. Uh, she won world double gold, European double gold. Have Brazilian they ever fought? Double gold. Have has Tiani and uh, Anna Carolina ever fought? Yeah, I think they have. Um, brown belts or mm, probably as black belts as well. But if they if they did, I, I'm just escaping my. Man, yeah. I, I, I you know what? I'm going to do a search on flowgrappling.com and <laughs> see if they can. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what we're there for, out. right? Yeah, exactly. Man, Anna Carolina, she's. You know what I love about her is that she's so active, too. She does. She's done a bunch of fight to wins this yeah, year. She's become a fight to win champion as well. Yeah. Gi and no Gi. Gi and no Gi. She's a champion. Both. Yeah, Gi and no Gi. I that's really amazing. hope we don't lose her to MMA. 
because oh, yeah. she is ex- and and she's actually very similar to Hidalfo in her style. They both love that like grinding pressure pass. When Hidalfo was competing, it was just like it was just watching like his highlight reel. When he was against um, Kit Dale, he just got that over under position, and it was just like old school Hidalfo man. It was just a matter of time before he mounted him and then took his arm. Got to say though, credit credit to Muhammad though because there was that moment late 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 in the match, you know, I believe the final round. And uh, he, for me, he totally locked in that, that pass. But he didn't get the points for it. You guys remember that? Yeah, at the end, that was tough. He, Mo, you count it. And it was like one, two, three. Time. Three and a half. Three, three quarters. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, how, give the guy his points, yeah. goddammit. Come on. Yeah. Like, Mohammed, I mean, it was incredible. But, um, yeah, good luck, like, holding a guy like Adolfo down. It's not hard. It takes somebody like Muhammad Ali to do that, right? Yeah, but, yeah Muhammad definitely looked great as well. He's been on fire. Sure. Um, yeah. You know, I just love watching that year. guy compete. Yeah, it's it's so real. You always got to shout out Muhammad because he is so exciting, <clears throat> and he's been competing a lot as, as well. You, you know, a lot of these guys usually win the world championships, and maybe we don't see him for a little bit. But Muhammad's True. very, very active. Yeah, still. a lot of them take time off and they just kind of enjoy the the hard work done. But uh, I don't know. I think Muhammad's situation is um, is interesting because you know he's uh, he's been quite open about it. It's like I keep saying to him, he needs to release more stuff in English because his YouTube is absolute fire. Yeah, he has an his, awesome YouTube channel. He's got a great YouTube channel. He vlogs a lot. He does a lot of live Q and A's. Um, he does like uh, hangout interviews, but it's all in Portuguese. So if you don't speak Portuguese, unfortunately, you're missing out. And, um, you know, I was watching it and he, he talks quite openly about how the fact that he's a new father, for example, he's got a, a baby girl who's less than a year old. And um, a lot of his motivations to compete have changed. Um, he also did a great interview with Tim Spriggs on the BJJ Goons podcast. And I really recommend that anybody go check that out. It's good podcasts, like just by itself. But the episode Muhammad, definitely worth a listen because he talks a lot about how he always thought he was too selfish to be a father. You know, a father and a professional. Sorry, to be a professional athlete, you need to be selfish, right? Yeah. And he was like, man, like, you know, so it was so a scary. shock when I found out I was going to be a father. It wasn't planned. I didn't think I would be able to manage my career, and it was tough. But then at the same time, it's a motivation because now he's got a family to provide <laughs> yeah, for. And that's why he's going out there, and he's going after those big prizes. So, you know, it's you great know, great to see. You know, I almost felt bad for him when he lost, you know, because it was $30,000 on the line. But then I remember two weeks ago, he won twenty grand at World Series of Grappling. So I was like, yeah. Second place doesn't get nothing? He's going to be all right. I think it might have. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully they got yeah. CBD oil. What's, um, <laughs> yeah. what's, the, what's Adolfo's MMA record? Do you know? Is he like 2-0 or 3-0? Uh, yeah, I think he's 3-0. 3-0? Um, one thing I Google, w- pull that pull that up, young Will. <laughs> <laughs> one thing I want to say about um, Adolfo is that I love how he wasn't afraid to to play guard. Ooh, four no. Oh, he's four no. Yeah, I love good. how he wasn't afraid to play guard. It, that could have been one of the most boring matches, you know, of them just like for pushing and shoving minutes, each pushing other, pushing and shoving, no one willing to pull guard. I love guys who we know Adolfo as as a top top guy, right? He's a top game type of type of guy, but he was like, you know what, I'm going to pull guard. I, th- I think that just demonstrates the level that he's at. He's he's got the takedowns. He's got the passing. He plays guard. I think that's like the yeah. We we do nag on on guard pulling sometimes, right? And a lot of people don't like guard pulling, but like guard pulling is an offensive movement in, in those situations, and it, it does carry it, the action forward. Totally, it started the match. Can I just bring something up here? I'm just got? scanning no. through Adolfo's grappling <laughs> record here, and uh, <clears throat> I mean this is this is just incredible, you know, because. Of course, he did ADCC in 2015. The last time before that that he competed uh, in the Gi was uh, Worlds in 2014. And, you know, he was 
super active up until that point, right? Right. He has, in the last, um, let's see, going all the way back to, going all the way back to 2012, the only person he lost to, and he lost to him one, two, three, four times, five times in the gi, was Bouchesha. That is the only person who could stop Hadolfo. Like, Hadolfo was that good, man. It's a shame. And he beat Bouchesha once. He did. He did. But that was the only person who could stop Hadolfo in his tracks was, was Bouchesha. I think, I think Hadolfo... Let's run it back. Let's yeah. do it. Let's do it. <laughs> um, it's I a shame those, those, they're boys, though, right, nowadays. Yeah, yeah. yeah you, I think you, they would still You fight. hung out with two of the two of them, right? Yeah, yeah. And they're really, really boys? Yeah, yeah. No, they yeah. are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Him, I think uh, Lowe and Bouchesha are, are <laughs> more tight than uh, Hidalfo, but... but they, they, they would have fought if Leandro hadn't gotten injured, right? So Bouchesha was telling me, you know, he's like this idea that you can't be friends with your opponent. That's like an, fight, that's right? an old school mentality. And I like that. You know, he's like, you know, we're all friends. We all, but they're still going to go after each other if they were to, you know, meet on the mat at some point. It's not MMA. You're not punching each other in the face, right? So I kind of, I kind of like that, you know, that it, it is just a grappling match. Just put that friendship aside for 10 minutes. Just get on the mat, do the match, shake hands immediately after everything's cool. Yeah. Right. Although it's Unless you fag the hocha, because yeah, if somebody did that <laughs> to me in a match, I probably wouldn't be friends <laughs> with them anymore. <laughs> yeah. But as I say, although it, things are changing a, a little bit, and things are in jiu-jitsu moving a little bit more towards MMA. You, you think know? so? Um, Why did you say that? Well, you, we, I just mentioned Wagner, you know, guys mm-hmm. like um, Gordon, I guess, come to mind. Guy who's not making a lot of friends these these days. <laughs> on the polarizing. Back. Yeah, polarizing. Polarizing figures. It, um, Gordon's not looking for friends, though, is he? That's <laughs> no, the thing. No, like, like, Gordon has got absolutely no problem whatsoever in saying exactly what he thinks he has strong opinions dylan dennis of course you know but how do you, my, i mean how do you feel about that though because like the whole idea we get this opinion a lot in jiu-jitsu that like jiu-jitsu is the respectful martial art this level yeah, of yeah. you know bushido spirit and this mm-hmm. and like i don't know these guys are pushing it and i i mean i understand because it's we live in a social media driven world and it's all about self-hype now right you gotta you gotta promote yourself so there's easy way to do that is call out someone's mama you know (laughs) so yeah i think i think to me it's like if i can tell that they're being like true to themselves right like gordon i think is he's not putting on a, a front he's not like trying to you know be someone he's not like i feel like really gordon is is being truly himself so in that case like i appreciate that he's not trying to you know put on this faux bushido spirit thing like yeah, you, yeah. like you were saying you know yeah. and, and trying to fall into that i appreciate that he's being authentic in, in things like that he so. really is because i remember it was a couple of weeks back it was in september i guess i was in um i was in new york for nogi pants uh september october and um yeah it was like just I can't even remember what, exactly what it was because Gordon creates so much drama on Instagram, right? He'd been potshotting at somebody or other, and you know, like getting into it and stuff. And uh, I spoke to Gary Tone on there, right? Of course, Gary was one of Gordon's coaches, and you know, now they're like you know teammates and stuff. Like, and um, yeah, Gary was just like, yeah, I'm not surprised. He's fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> But in defeat, Gordon is super humble, super respectful. I mean, we rarely see him lose, but the couple times that he does, he's always like, man, he was the better man. Although, that said, you know, (laughs) 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 I screenshot this shit, right? Because, you know, the only two people who do have wins over Gordon in the last, you know, couple of years, right, is Flippy Penner and Vinny Magalais, right? Mm -hmm. And um, 
that was a little while ago that they that they that, you know, they got wins over Gordon. Things have changed since then, but Gordon, I think the humble moment has passed because he's right back at it. His most one of his most recent comments was, "I'll crush them both now." <laughs> <laughs> yep, he's a confident Whoosh. guy too. So, yeah. <laughs> but also, you know, guys like AJ Agazarm, of course, come to mind. He's an, another po- extremely polarizing subject, and I'm, I don't know. I'm not sure that he feels as authentic to me um, in in the things that he, he does and says. So. Um, there definitely is, you know, yin and yang, and there's the people who I think are doing it, doing it good and, and doing it less good. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's showbiz as well, right? Like people do say that, oh, leave the leave the trash talk and leave the theatrics out of jujitsu. Yeah, but, yeah. but hey, you know, jujitsu and grappling, yeah, okay. There's an amateur side. Like nobody should be talking shit to each other before they get on the mat at like a Dallas Open or a right. you know you know Nogi Pans or whatever it might right. be. Right? It's like that is not the time and the place for it. Right. But if it's like a big televised event, you know, where it's like there's a lot on the line, there's money on the line, you want to sell the show, you want to get people interested. I'm thinking of a big show like a Kasai, like a Polaris, like a something or other that is of a certain level. Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. what's wrong with like dropping some poems on instagram maybe <laughs> maybe throw a dolly through a bus window if you have to <laughs> i mean certainly it's, it's a, <laughs> like the a bigger the moment right the, the bigger the moment the more pressure that it, that is on the individual going out there you know yeah. so and when there's a lot of pressure um and that type those type of things can can manifest in different ways manifest in trash talk or, or manifest in anger or something like that so joe, I, joe rogan talks about it a lot too that there's like this, it's a psychological warfare oh absolutely like you can beat somebody before you get on the mat mm-hmm. you know and he's he's seen people just crumble under the pressure of you know the 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 trash talk really good point you know if if you have a skill for that then maybe it's to your advantage too did you see the um hang on a second though is there anybody in jujitsu doing that do you think getting into each other's heads actually using the mental warfare effectively i mean one one guy that i think of who can is urbeth right urbeth for sure he he does that almost in the match because he's really good at like taking people out of their comfort zones and, and messing with their heads. But he does it through his actions. He does it on the mat, you know? I think Tim Spriggs kind of does also, the same thing, but that's also in kind of in the moment. In the moment, in right. the match itself. Like, they mess with people, take them out, they, they, you know, sort of disrupt the rhythm, shall we say, of the match, right, in their own favor. Right. But what about in the lead-up? Is there anybody who is known in jiu-jitsu or grappling for doing that successfully before? I'm not sure that there is, to be honest. AJ definitely does uh, yeah, it. Yeah, I was going to say AJ. But uh, it hasn't necessarily worked in his favor, right? Yeah, true. But I mean, I think you know, I think that definitely some of it spilled into the the Gilbert Burns match. There, you know, it, that that match played out a little differently than I expected it to, and maybe because of um, you know the way AJ was That's acting a great point. And, and, and and talking. So yeah. I, I can't say for sure, but but that that one comes to mind. Hundred percent. So. Yeah, I agree with that too because we just saw Gilbert um, face DJ Jackson, and yes. he's had you know they've had a few wars in the past, but he kind of handled DJ Jackson a little bit. Not many people can say they do that either, man. Like I, I don't even remember the last time I'd seen DJ getting taken down. Yeah, he's yeah. a phenomenal wrestler, yeah. right? Yeah. Remember yeah. that like it was again at the CBD and freaking. Durinho shot in on that double leg, got around to the back, hoisted him up, hucked him down. Damn, yeah. dude. That's huge. We should mention, actually, because that yeah, was one of the other yeah. four-man yeah. divisions on the CBD. There was Adolfo won his heavyweight. Um, then, of course, uh, Anna Carolina won hers, the four-man, four-woman bracket. And then uh, Durinho won the four-man lightweight Nogi bracket, right? 
Yeah, so maybe, I mean, that's a good point. Maybe because uh, AJ didn't get submitted, you know, it was a sub-only match, right? So there were no, mm-hmm. no points or anything. But, I mean, he, he endured. He endured uh, the storm of, of Gilbert Burns. And Gilbert definitely came out hot. You know, he came out yeah. storming against AJ. So, yeah, maybe that's a good example. I was just going to say, did you see the uh, Lakers-Rockets um, bra? Oh, yeah, that, that went down, that. right? Yeah. So, you know. Spitgate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So tensions, tensions get high. Hey, it's everywhere, in all man. Sport, all yeah. sports, you it's know, it, and and I don't see anybody calling that disgraceful or anything. Obviously, it was like not a great look, but mm-hmm. I didn't. I don't see people calling it disgraceful or anything like that. No. It happens. It does. So uh, moving on quickly, we got a uh, a really really cool event coming up. We have a ton of events coming up, but we uh, you know let's just let's just bring this one around to put it on people's radars because November is a busy month. We've already talked about it. we've got ADCC trials, we've got Kasai, uh, we got Rio Grand Slam, but we've also got Spider Invitational Jiu Jitsu Championship in South Korea. Now this is a um, doesn't get as much attention because you know people aren't that aware that there is a jujitsu scene in Korea, mm-hmm. but there is. It's thriving. You've been there. What do you think, Reed? To Korea, I've been to the event in Korea. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I went there in February, um, and man, those guys are doing some real special stuff over there. The the lights, the production that they have. Um, I love the the kind of um, um, season that they've built now, where they have uh, individ- they have a qualifier event, and then they did the, the quarterfinals, and now this is the finals. So they've been building momentum kind of this whole time. Um, you know that we we saw Jonathan Alves um, do do really good, so um, doing a great job of kind of highlighting these new emerging stars in the sport. Um, I, I really love the event. I love what what those guys are doing over there. I think it's quite it's a, a unique fun. concept, right? That they've, is, they, yeah. they've got this tournament that runs throughout the year. So they've got three events: the beginning, the middle, and the end of the year. And the opening event is like the qualifier. The middle event is the quarterfinal matches. And then this last event, which is taking place on November 3rd. Technically for us, it'll be November 2nd because of the time difference. But um, they've got the, the semifinals and the finals. So they've whittled it down. There's this huge bracket going really on cool. all year. So um, they also have a, uh, some super fights mixed in there as well. But one thing I think is really interesting, they have two weight divisions. There's basically a lightweight and a heavyweight with 76 kilos which is 168 pounds. Hmm. That's, that's the weight. They got above and below that, right? And they also mix up brown and black belts. So yeah. we've seen some really interesting uh, results and some really interesting kind of matches you wouldn't necessarily otherwise see. We saw Victor Hugo ultra heavyweight brown belt against Tommy Langaka middleweight black belt, yeah. you know? Yeah. We saw Jonathan Alves brand new brown belt, lightweight, going up against featherweight world champion black belt Jamil Hill we saw Jonathan Gracie we saw lots and lots of guys going in who you, you know going up against guys like Hugo Marquez yes. for example was a black belt that's a crazy match against Jonathan so yeah we had we had this this really interesting mix of, of, of players from different uh, teams different weights different belts and stuff and um, they've whittled it down now so let's just run through quickly what we've got on this card because we've got the lightweight bracket is Korean black belt In Sung Jang versus Paolo Miao. Now, In Sung actually beat AJ Agazam on the last event. Brown belt being a black belt. As a brown belt, yeah. 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 This great opportunity, right? Show what you got. And yeah. he, he was there at well, the uh, qualifier that I went to in February. And although he didn't win the qualifier, he was one of the guys who um, impressed, I think, the most because he had a couple great matches. He beat, um, I forget the other guy's name, uh, he beat uh, the Chinese black belt from Gracie Baja that was there and then had. Um, had a good match against Kynan, I believe it was, and wow. but um, 
and then had a great match against Victor Hugo, and then gave up the the Victor Hugo match kind of like right at the end, I believe. But uh, he impressed a lot of people. I think not a lot of people expected him to do as well as he did. And but he so was he was he fighting the heavyweights. Yeah, yeah. So he was kind of like the the smallest guy fighting the heavyweights. Oh wow, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He kind of like I got pulled in kind of like last minute there. So wild. And then. Um You've also got Masahiro Iwasaki, the black belt from Carpe Diem, yep. going up against AOJ brown belt Jonathan Alves. That's a crazy match right there as well. That is crazy. Yeah. Um, in heavyweight, Vinicius Trator Ferreira from Alliance up against Kainan Duarte of Atos. Is Vinicius then- still, a, still a brown belt? Oh no! He just got his black belt. He just got his black belt very, very recently. Just got his black belt. Okay, so now, so those guys fought the last one. Um, in, or in February, both as, of them as, as brown belts, brown belts. And, and now, now they're, they're black belts. yeah, now they're fighting rematch uh, as as black belts. Kind of won cool. the first one, and uh, Victor Hugo, the aforementioned uh, brown belt from Hibero Jiu Jitsu, up against DJ Jackson. That's a good match. That's too. a crazy match. Yeah. and again, huge size difference in that because it's basically an absolute at that point, right? Do you know the rules by any chance? Is yeah, it's basically it's uh, straight IBJJF style rules. Yep. Yeah, advantages, nice. points, advantages, short matches. I definitely think it makes for uh, that that uh, weight, those weight classes. The fact that there's brown belts in there just make for some awesome matchups, and we're gonna we're gonna see that in November. Very exciting, but there is one big matchup that uh, that we got to talk about on the upcoming Spider, and they've put together two super fights. Jamil Hill will return to go up against the Korean black belt Jun Young Cho, but man, can you believe this, right? Can you believe this? <laughs> that UFC, former UFC heavyweight <clears throat> champion, two-time ADCC champion, will appear on Spider. Fabricio Verdum. Verdum? Verdum is going to go up against none other than four-time no-gi world champion and current 2018 gi world champion, Lucas Hulk Barboza. That's a crazy match. You're though. joking. <laughs> That's insane. This is a joke you're, you're, you're telling us it's right now. It's absolutely going to happen. What a crazy <laughs> match. We went down yesterday. We sent one of our reporters down to um, Cabrinha's gym in uh, Los Angeles yesterday uh, to do a little filming with Fabricio. He's training with Yuri Samoyes yeah. uh, ahead of this. Yuri and him go way back. Um, he's doing his wrestling training with Jacob Harmon and you know man that's a- honestly I think Yuri is probably the perfect guy to yeah, be training with a- I mean he's got a, a almost a similar style to Hulk you know he likes the top pressure he's he's a top guy he's good got wrestler. really good wrestling really yeah. strong guy he's got good weight so I was thinking about this though it's like Fabrizio did a very smart thing in getting Yuri down and you know training with him for the camp in preparation for Lucas right and uh, there's no secret that Lucas has got a ton of really good training partners at Atos HQ in San Diego mm. however how do you find a training partner who kind of matches what Fabrizio has to offer because the guy's six foot four he's huge 220 and the rest he's a huge huge guy and he's got a very uh, distinct style of jiu-jitsu which is a very old school very you know uh, MMA style of jiu-jitsu shall yeah. we say it's a, it's a crazy it's a crazy conundrum because there's so many factors at play there's the generational question the age gap there's the the, the age in the jiu-jitsu as well the modern versus the old school mm. and then there's the size differential I mean how do we see those factors playing out yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be wild. The one thing that I do know is that Hulk won twenty seventeen Nogi Worlds Absolute versus Joao Gabriel, right? And Joao, he's a big, big he's a dude. big dude. Yep, he actually yep. took him down. He took him down. I think he beat him two. He won him by points. Yeah, right. So, yeah. man, Hulk is. I mean, they call him the Hulk for a reason. He's <laughs> yeah, freaking sure. strong. He's a strong guy. 
Um, and he's been super active lately. You know, he's been competing a lot, gi, no gi. Um, and he's got that room down at Atos, which you're right. How do you find – they don't really have a, a big, big guy down at Atos. Um, but, you know, you got to think that those guys are coming after him. We're going to really put it on him. So, he's a freaking super athlete as well, right? Hulk. I think I think Hulk, if he wasn't a jiu-jitsu guy, could be like a, a wrestler. Like mm-hmm. he, he just has that that body style. He's got explosiveness, that explosive yeah. that that grinding mentality. Yeah. So I mean, this is who knows what the heck's gonna happen. What do you with think they'll read? Fifteen year age gap, age gap between them. Yeah, I think I think Hulk will be very well prepared. You know, if you can't get um, Fabrizio Verdum to be your training partner, Andre Galvao is probably you know uh, the next best yeah. thing. So <laughs> I think that, that um, you know he'll be he'll be very well prepared most likely. But you know, can't count out Verdum. You know, like there's a case for Verdum as the the greatest um, MMA heavyweight of all time. You know, nobody else has has submitted Cain Velasquez, uh, Fedor. Fedor Emelianenko, um, and uh, Antonio Noguera, Minotaro Noguera, he submitted. He submitted um, Alistair Overeem as well. So this is this is a guy who is like, you know, could be the Mount Rushmore of like MMA heavyweights, you know, or the one of the best, if not the best MMA heavyweight ever. So uh, you can't count Verdum out, and especially now he's, he seems like he's really taking this match seriously. He's he's training with um, with uh, Yuri at Cobrinias. Right. So that's gonna be a, that's gonna be a, a good match, man. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it, definitely. Yeah, me too. Spider Invitational BJJ Championship Finals, like we said, takes place on November 3rd, but you can watch it live on Flow Grappling um, the evening of November 2nd because of the time difference. So, But of course, we'll have the, the full replay. We'll have the archived matches up on the site as soon as possible afterwards as well. Um, link through, actually, if you're watching this live or if you want to go and watch this uh, later um, on our Facebook then we'll uh, link in the comments to a, a short teaser video of Fabricio training nice. for this as well. More what to come, I, right? What I like More about to that, come. What I like about that match too is actually, I think it's 10 minutes IBJJF rules, but they're allowing heel hooks. Yeah, same goes for the Jamil huh? match as well. Wow. Yeah. yeah, I like that a lot because, hey, you're going to have a no-gi match with a, a high-level MMA guy like that, then, yeah, you should be fighting for heel hooks, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if that's... I feel like you need to be doing heel hooks. If you're at the elite level and no gi, like you got to be doing heel hooks now. It's just part of the game, you know. So, I don't know how many heel hooks, how much Hulk trains with the heel hooks. I know ADCC season is coming up, and I know he probably wants to be involved with that. So, think so? you think we'll see him doing the Brazilian trials? Oh, 100. percent I think yeah. that's I think that's every elite grappler's dream, right? Is to get to uh, get to ADCC, and I know that he wasn't. Uh, thrilled about not being invited last time and he kind of missed out I believe he couldn't go to Brazil for the last one due to like visa issues or something like that gotcha um, so yeah I definitely think we'll see him at the at the next one at least trying to get in yeah I mean <laughs> I can't I wish I could share this I really wish I could share oh, this you're holding out are you keep well, teasing him <laughs> we're, 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 we're not allowed to publish <laughs> it yet but I'm just going to drop some hints we're not allowed to publish it yet but we've actually been sent the list of signups the list of registrations <gasps> for the upcoming East Coast Trials oh it's always a good it's one right it's right here exactly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can't see it <laughs> But, oh, my God, man, it is such a wild-looking event. Of course, there are a bunch of guys on it who you think, um, you know, the kind of the usual faces. Um, but, 
uh, some pretty deep divisions. Wow, it literally well. is can, right can, there. Can, <laughs> you guys <laughs> see this? You, can you guys see this? on this TV? Oh, yeah, no. no reflection going on in my glasses. <laughs> really signed up? Wow. Yeah, I know. Look at that. <laughs> but there yeah. actually, there's some huge divisions as well because that, that is one thing about the trials is that um, usually there's a minimum of like five fights to win gold, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's tough because ADCC is limited to sixteen guys per division, and that's because uh, they, they want the cream of the crop, right? You know, it's like the whittling down the best from around the world, and then the invited guys, the defending champion, sixteen guys only make it to the worlds. But then there's a ton of hopefuls out there who want to earn that shot. So I'm just scanning through like uh, the 77 kilo division must have 40 guys yeah and you got i mean you've got yeah all the way down to uh purple belt you know purple belts are signing up definitely brown belts ton of brown belts in there so anybody can sign up yeah that's the thing about ecc belt color doesn't matter anybody can sign up and we did see some purple belts have have some success i remember at the east coast trials you know of course nicky ryan did really well but um also um was he a purple belt by then (laughs) uh, yeah i don't even know what belt he was mike perez made it to uh adcc 2015 2015 is a purple belt yeah there you go so we have seen a lot of the young uh, lower belts uh, what's his name Josh Josh Hayden I believe is mm-hmm. is the uh, younger of the two and, and he was a, a lower belt as well he looked great out there so man I've, I know I've been saying it for a while but yeah these ADCC trials are going to be are going to be crazy man because there's so many guys who are, are, are who could win these trials we'll be there live so. streaming it every match will be going through to flowgrappling.com it's coming up next we'll weekend have, uh, not this weekend but next week yeah 10 days yeah we've um We've got the, uh, I believe we'll have Arena as well, our interactive bracketing uh, software Arena's as well, best. So, which is really, really helpful for going to see uh, the brackets in real time. You can get alerts um, when guys are due to compete and you can have the, the links directly through to the matches as well. So that's, that's awesome when you can see the bracket like that and see how it all played out, go look for the matches and stuff. It's, um, it's a great, great function. Um, well, guys, super excited. Should we, uh, should we wrap this up with one short discussion? We've kind of gone long today, but... It's been fun. Let's it's been do it. A lot yeah. to talk about. Unpopular jujitsu opinions. Mm. I have one. I you probably do. have Let's a hear bunch. You? Let's hear <laughs> no, it. No, not you. I know, right? <laughs> I probably have a bunch, but I do have one really unpopular jujitsu opinion, which I put it on my Facebook like a year ago, and it got a ton of kind of comments back and forth, and then I shared it when it came up as one of my recent memories, and it just started the whole thing over again. I think flow rolling is bullshit. There you go. So I said can, it. Can we clarify what, what that means a little bit, maybe? Flow rolling. Flow rolling is when you get a guy and you're like, let's just flow. Let's just flow. Like, no resistance. Let's just move. Let's just, okay, I sweep you. You sweep me. I, I let you pass my guard. I escape from side control. I put you in an arm I love bar. flow rolling. I don't finish it. And then you get out and stuff. And it's like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> like, come on. How is that? How is that a valid use of your training time? It's basically all I've done for the last year with this injury is flow roll. <laughs> There's a lot of guys who only flow roll, right? Isn't there, isn't there a contingent of jiu-jitsu guys who kind of only flow roll? Like, yeah, they're the guys, guys who push shit like, on YouTube that doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> you, you've seen those million submission chains where they're like using the hooks and then just rolling, take the back, and give it up, go to the mountain, roll again and again. It's like... Can fucking try that on me. Come on, <laughs> let's see. Come on. <laughs> I think floor rolling is great for technique, working technique. But the problem is, is that if both partners are not willing to basically check their ego. But well, hang on, when you say work yeah. technique, how do you mean? Yeah, just apply your techniques. The guy's kind of letting you do the technique, right? Just so, drill it then. 
What about situational drills with varying degrees of resistance, right? Like if you do the technique once, maybe in a five-minute flow roll when you're ro- fucking flopping around and you're just like lying there and your legs are all inactive. Because it's the un- what about, uncertain. What about a concerted effort of doing a three to five-minute round of drilling one technique, like I said, with varying degrees of resistance again and again and again? But How that's, many reps that's, could you get in in yeah, that Yeah, but that's the beauty of flow rolling. You never know what is going to happen. So you have to think on the spot, what technique do I need to use right now? And then you got to hit that technique. Whereas in drilling, you know you're hitting, okay, I'm going to do the X sweep, you know, five times, ten times, whatever. Oh, in flow rolling, you're in a new situation. So you got to think, and then you got to apply that technique. thing is, I, you know, we're all considered advanced practitioners in jiu-jitsu, right? Black, brown, and purple belt here. So, you know, you've put in the hours, you are completely aware of what the possibilities are in jiu-jitsu at that point. Of course, there's always new stuff to learn. There are new positions coming up all the time, new techniques. I'm not saying that we know everything, but we're not in that white and blue belt stage of technique acquisition or pattern recognition. When you're just trying to figure out, my body moves this way, his body moves this way, that means I go this way to follow this path, right? And I kind of feel that flow rolling has a bit of a usage for maybe white and blue belts. All right, dude, dial down the intensity, stop trying to tear each other's head off, and actually just figure out this shit and see how the body moves, okay? But for the guy who's like a brown belt, black belt, whatever, you know, you go in there and you're like, ah, yeah, you know, it's good for my ego. I don't want to roll. I don't want to have a hard roll and risk getting my guard passed. It's just flow, bro. It's just flow. You know what I mean? I think it's like a safety net. It's like some like fuck a- yes, it is. <laughs> I think okay. So perfect example. We just put on on flow grappling like two weeks ago or last week. It was uh, Gutenberg Pereira and Adolfo Vieira, right? And they were they <laughs> okay, were if, really, only they yeah. were here, if only they, they were here. If only they were here to argue, they, they it were, is true because they did a hundred percent flow roll. It was a flow roll, no resistance. Think about yeah. it. Adolfo's got a thirty thousand dollar fight coming up. He can't afford to get injured. He can't go 100%. Hey, you're getting a sweat in. You're working your technique. You know, and it was... It but was did they only do it for the cameras? I don't know. Was it wasn't it, was there. It, were they putting on for the cameras? You know, like, I, I hate to say it, but I mean, there's a very, very strong possibility that that is the case, you know? Because nobody at that level, nobody... People are sensitive about what happens in the training room, right? And uh, people don't like putting out rolling footage and if they don't look good, right? So a flow roll is an opportunity for both parties to look good. So it does have a use. It is useful. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, you caught me. <laughs> Backed your way into that one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. I, I agree that I, that I I don't like to flow roll. Like I I don't I don't really do it ever. In fact, um, but I think that you know where applicable it is useful probably I don't, i'm not saying it needs to be to the death every <laughs> round you know if i'm rolling with a seven-year-old you know i'm not gonna he's gotta learn he's gotta bruisers. learn sometime now like, he's gotta learn sometime a couple of gritty bruisers over here just 100 percent huh and yes. i do appreciate it if somebody comes at me and they want to roll at say 70 percent as opposed to 110 you know yeah that's that's fine it has its place but when that guy is kind of like, oh yeah, yeah, just yeah, I'm not fucking. It's just like shit. when I when I, when I go to jiu-jitsu, I just like to I like to get a sweat and I like to get a, yeah. get a hard workout in. So usually I try to try to, you know, go All hard. Right. Well, but I won't be asking either of you to flow roll anytime <laughs> soon. Jiu-jitsu is about pressure <coughs> testing techniques as well, right? Ultimately, that's how we keep things truthful. Under pressure, yeah. Yeah, that's how we know that our shit works, and it's not taekwondo, or it's not whatever it is, you know, that that basically it's just made up. You know, some some grappling art like uh, hapkido or something where yep. you like twist the guy's wrist around. It's like, come on, let's keep it real here. So, I think it has its place, but hard hard rolling is is the way to go. Yeah. 
100%. No world champions were made by 100% flow rolling. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, I think that's a, uh, probably a good time to call it a day. It's been a lot of fun this week, actually. I've enjoyed it. But uh, like we said, a lot of live events coming up. Uh, definitely uh, subscribe to Flow Grappling if you are not already. We've got some amazing events you will not want to miss. Pro membership gets you access to all the live streams, uh, all the archive videos, and a ton of other premium content that we've been uploading recently, including a lot of reads, retrospective videos, travel logs, showing you behind the scenes of some of the biggest tournaments in the world in the last couple of years. Man, just a real quick, that Askren stuff has been blowing up lately, huh? Askren is on the tip of everybody's tongue. He's going to, going, to, going, to the, going to the UFC, potentially. But uh, just the week before, we, we did an hour-long interview with him and Danaher. So check that out if you have We've got technique it. videos. We've got training room footage. We've got so much good stuff on flowgrappling.com. Don't miss it. Guys, we'll see you again next week for another episode.